back here on the Odalay Show with Terry Rapp, the National Liberty Alliance, uh, discussing uh, the federal or national footprint of the organization with respect to um, federal courts and a message uh, that the organization recently communicated uh, to all United States uh, district court judges. Mr. Rapp. Well, as I was saying, we we think the best thing for us to do to, to gain some authority is to operate under the auspices of the of the grand jury, or not the grand jury, of the, of the judicial system and uh, locally. So we have, across the nation, petitioned that judicial system by virtue of filing uh, the appropriate documentation, uh, memorials uh, announcing our existence and our intentions and our purpose, and asking the court for access to a facility of any type where we can meet and conduct our business. We initially started that in New York, in the state of New York, which is, you know, like home country for the NLA. And in New York, they were met with uh, both uh, a brick wall and illegal activities. And what happened was the clerk of court went to ask the county attorney, and the county attorney went to ask the judge, and and the judge says, well, uh, give it back to him. Don't file it. And then a, a, an edict came down from the state Supreme Court advising all of the courts across the state or all the counties across the state of New York to deny access. Now, they don't have the authority to do that. That's a blatant uh, uh, violation of the law of New York and the federal laws, et cetera. But so what we then did was um, – because the entire state of New York would not even talk to us, we had no alternative but to go to the federal courts. Mm-hmm. Now that we've become a, a nationwide organization, we have all banded together into a united uh, grand jury across the nation. And we file paperwork with filed paperwork with the federal courts, first of all, in the form of a writ of mandamus. A writ of mandamus is a, you know, technically it's a command uh, that the people can make of the courts, and our command was to instruct the state of New York to accept uh, and uh, permit the grand juries of the various counties of New York to meet in a judicial place. Mm-hmm. Now, um, we actually put a time limit on that of seven days. We gave them seven days plus mailing time. Now, that went to every federal judge in the nation. It was like 1,600 uh, filings of that from all um, 50 states. The district court, appellate courts, um, and the Supreme Court, presumably, as well. As well. Even, even uh, you know, uh, Justice Roberts. <laughs> so, um, Roberts? Roberts, I'm okay. sorry, yes. Chief Justice Roberts. And... and uh, so we gave them seven days to act, plus mailing time, et cetera. So we gave them two weeks, really, and nothing happened. So a follow-up to that, which we we did um, in November, was a quo warranto, which is a question to the court asking, under what authority do you do your job? Okay, and it, it was a common 
writ issued during the times of the founding fathers to make sure that somebody didn't come in and sit on the bench that wasn't actually the judge or the magistrate or whatever. Mm. So it was a it was a a test to say why are you a judge or not why are you a judge? How are you a judge? Have you taken an oath? Do you have a bond? Have you satisfied all of the requirements uh, to secure that judgeship? And then if so, why did you not enforce the writ of mandamus you were instructed to legally instructed to enforce uh, two weeks ago. Now, that, too, has been met with literally uh, no response. Now, the failure to answer uh, has been ruled by the courts, by the United States Supreme Court, to be an offense. If you are an official of the people and the people ask you a question, you must answer directly, not through an attorney, but directly. And and you have the uh, you're required to do that mm. because the, the law says you have to. Failure to do it either admits um, that you're culpable for the crime, <coughs> yeah. or it at least is uh, disrespect of the people, mm. and therefore you're not deserving of your job. So we'll see. What right, as we discussed earlier, you were derelict in your office, and by natural law, your official capacity is vacated pro forma. Correct. So now all of that is coming together. The, the National Liberty Alliance are some common law scholars um, because they've been, you know, fighting battles similar to this for quite some time. Now. Because of just the way things are right now, uh, they have been holding the, uh, the game plan, as it were, close to their vest. And rather than having those of us who are not uh, scholars blabbing to whoever what our next step is going to be, they've held that pretty close to the vest. But we are very near what we consider to be a tipping point, or I'm advised that it's a tipping point. And, uh, you know, so things are going to happen most likely right after the first of the year that will, you know, bring this thing to a, to a true head, as it were, and, and, uh, and we'll either be successful or we'll have to continue on in Plan B, whatever that might be. Right. Um, the, um, the National Liberty Alliance recently took a position regarding a, I'm, I'm, to believe i've read this i've i've heard tell this it's hearsay but i want to know more about it the nla recently took a position regarding a press release distributed by federal police agencies east coast headquarters uh, they're warning people against using terms such as liberty or identifying themselves as constitutionalists what's the story in that situation before you answer i would say that the fly is already in the ointment as exampled by this question fbi we're talking about a federal agency, okay, which is most appropriately applied, you know, at a local level with the blessing of the local people, local communities. But we're talking about something, however, in this question that's come out of some headquarters where most people don't live. Most Americans don't live in, up in that building, you know, over in that particular city on the East Coast. But anyway, having pointed out that obvious thing, because I, I like to point out the obvious, What's that story all about? Did that, did that really happen, and, and what occurred? Well, uh, it, 
it, it has occurred, and, and you can secure a copy of that document. Uh, my understanding is it's the it's a, an annual update by the FBI of various movements uh, or associations, groups, and or individuals that are potentially uh, hazardous to the continuation of our country. Now, one would think that that should include uh, organizations like uh, Hezbollah or ISIS or or perhaps the uh, uh, the Nazi American Nazis or groups such as that. But included in that list are the now infamous category called domestic terrorists. And in the list of domestic terrorists, they included groups such as uh, the Sovereign Citizen Movement. Now, if, if uh, and they're not alone, there are others, but if you want to uh, group together with other people and share uh, common opinions and discuss things like government, and you happen to use words like liberty or citizen or sovereign or freedom, um, you're going to be, um, and, and that becomes a public uh, awareness, then you're likely to be targeted. And it may include things like attempted infiltration and or observation and who knows what the Patriot Act. Would so if, you, if one alleges that one is intellectually competent or one alleges that one is a... Uh, has rights that were affirmed by the, the the initial governing document of the nation, then that casts uh, said individual or citizen or in a negative light in terms of profiling. Um, and I said this earlier during our conversation just this morning. This exemplifies why the executive branch has to be arguably the most knowledgeable sheriffs and governors and other executive officers, uh, officers of the executive, uh, because when they fail to understand their job, it's worse than a court failing to understand its role in misinterpreting a, a situation. Um, critically, critically important aspect here. <laughs> um, and I think, I, I can't think of a better textbook um, um uh, example, uh, probable cause aside, you know, outside of that, um, uh, and I, I, uh, it just, it just reinforces also why it, the, the importance that people be enfranchised and understand and learn people go, just go to groups, go to meetings, even if it seems like a group of crazies, go meet people, find out what we, <laughs> You know, don't just rely on what you're told by one particular news vector or news mechanism or information mechanism because it it takes that long for it to be co-opted. It, it is it is interesting because it, it uh, you know those of us who cling to our Bibles and our guns, <laughs> as stated by the highest enforcement officer, as you point out, right, uh, little old president. <laughs> We are a danger to to this this country, and, and um, we're cast in that light everywhere. If, even if you look at the, um, you know, obviously the the news media have a tendency to say, you know, this the crazy person with the gun, you know, um, 
um, and it's always the gun's fault or the gun owner's fault, and and uh, so therefore, gun person that combination is deadly, and it needs to be done away with if you listen to the media. Well, you know, and 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 I, I'll, I'll have to stop you there. <laughs> Again, I, I I I I blew the whistle earlier when we were talking about the media, and, and I just said it a few minutes ago. Uh, you know, it. it just because it's the media doesn't mean it's news. And just because it's information doesn't mean it's correct or objective. And, and boy, know that. And regarding the executive power of the President of the United States of America, the good news about that is that we all, all law-abiding citizens, all free men and women, right, all are vested with the same executive power that, the United States president has. And people forget that. That's why you hear the statement all the way down to the president. Because it's a it is a it is a it is a protocol. And it is it isn't the executive agency um, in our three branches of government is a protocol that is accessible by all citizenry. Anytime anybody turns that on its head in an argument or in a conversation, stop right there. Be very, stop, (laughs) give them a chance to correct themselves or clarify that they are giving a hypothetical scenario. But then if not, say, watch out about pointing the blame with respect to an agent of the government. Because it all, the buck stops with every one of you first. Everybody has that access to authority. So before looking outside, look at yourself and look at your obligations to teach the people in your community about about the the rules of about about how our uh, government works and that sort of thing. Okay, just those two just those two issues. I'll take off my zebra shirt now. (laughs) Well, I I can't. You know, no one can resist. offering their own opinion but whenever i'm speaking about the the nla or the arizona common law grand jury or or the the freedom that we should be able to exercise that we're now prohibited from i always suggest that i have no uh, i'm not trying to cast blame or or ascribe uh, nefarious purposes for anybody that has created or helped create the situation that we have now Mm -hmm. they may have done it for the most altruistic reasons possible Mm -hmm. but for 200 years the people have steadily been fed um, select combinations of truths or in some cases out and out lies Mm -hmm. that have led us to believe that things like uh, the Fifth Amendment rights are, are given to us by the government when that's entirely incorrect that you know the rights our rights are our rights if we were you know if you're uh, a believer you think they came from god if not then just as a human being you have rights that nobody else can can give you or can take away from you now you might be able to willingly relinquish them but they can't be forcibly removed from you Mm. and yet people ascribe the government as the giver of that and therefore the government can take it away and we've learned that for 200 years you know bit by bit you know minuscule bite by minuscule bite yeah and and most people i know 
and 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 I, sh- I I've, we've mentioned the Fifth Amendment, we've mentioned the First Amendment, First Amendment today. The Second Amendment right to bear arms is clear. Most people who have who who possess weapons, they don't use them, and they're there because they and to protect their rights from being as easily taken away. Because they're very easily taken away if you let them be, particularly if one is uneducated about what your rights are. And also regarding these natural rights and civil liberties, they predate and transcend the United States Constitution and the American uh, democracy and the Republic of the United States. The Constitution affirms and reiterates them that, you know, it, it's, it's your friend in that way, too. It's an axiomatic philosophical document that says, yes, yes, this is how it always should have been, and this is how it always should be, and this, you know, and and we so incorporate our citizenry to r- relish this peace that they are entitled to, um, but the concept goes beyond just us. I mean, we're lucky to have a government that says that. Now, there are a lot of people who come right up with a on the other side of the piece of paper, say, no, it's not that way. You do this way, and you do that way, or else, you know. But just because someone says something or someone writes down something doesn't make it true. And just because they say it um, authoritatively sounding or write it on an official-looking letterhead, that also doesn't make it true or legal. Um, the, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. The judicial system is, is probably the extreme example of that. Because in in their language, um, it's it's all about jurisdiction. Mm. Now they have the right to do anything that you allow them to do, mm. and and so therefore, when you go into court, and and they read a set of charges, and you, and then they say, "Do you understand those?" and and you say, "Yes, Your Honor, I do." Mm-hmm. Well, by doing that, you've admitted that you're going to participate and attempt to defend yourself against those challenges. Right. You have affirmed uh, the language uh, accusing you of a crime or, or, a, or a, a misdemeanor. So the, the, the uh, semantics becomes law. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we, the people, you know, unlike our founding fathers who didn't have uh, Monday night to sit around watching Dancing with the Stars— <laughs> Our founding fathers spent their evenings at candlelight or lamplight reading law books. Mm-hmm. The law book was the second most popular book behind the Bible mm-hmm. from 1600 until 1830. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, they knew and they they understood it to be their responsibility to know what their rights were and how to protect them. Yeah. And we, on the other hand, have listened to Big Brother government, and Big Brother government has told us since... You know, time immemorial, uh, we'll take care of you. Don't worry about it. We got you covered. Nothing will happen. You just do as I say, and everything will be okay. All right, yeah. And we accept it. <laughs> well, we shouldn't. That's not how it is. Uh, you know, you what you should be saying, I, you know, I, yeah, the government, you know, again, personifying the government. Huge, huge slippery slope there. Uh, um, um, as we... Uh, wrap it up there's a couple of things here the nla uh sheriff's campaign um what's going on with that the national liberty alliance sheriff's campaign uh, and i've mentioned a few times t- during the interview uh the importance of executive officials such as the sheriffs 
of, of our of our nation and the governors of our nation being arguably the most critical people who need to best and thoroughly understand uh, uh, what their roles are in, 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 in the rule of law in general. What's going on with the sheriff's campaign? Well, uh, we are the, the the focus of the sheriff's campaign is is really educational. Mm-hmm. It's to point out to them that they are the highest elected law enforcement official in the land. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, it, because uh, they're the only one that I get to vote for directly in my area. So therefore, my county sheriff, because we've reduced sheriffing down to the county level. Mm-hmm. Um, so the sheriff is the only elected official I have to enforce both the the county's laws, the state's laws, and the federal laws. And and uh, but we find that sheriffs are woefully uninformed about what their responsibilities are. They might know that they're supposed to arrest people who do bad things, but they don't have any idea of what constitute bad things. Yeah. And they are strictly looking at statutory laws, uh, which are laws of the judicial system, not laws of the people. Yeah. And so therefore, uh, we have a, a little handbook. It's called the Common Law Handbook. Uh, we've we put it out. It's available to people, uh, anybody. The intention was to give it to jurors and sheriffs and justices and bailiffs so that they understand what their job was and what their limits are and what their their uh, options are. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, with that knowledge, then the the sheriff can stand in front of my door and tell the FBI to get the heck out of here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And ideally, your sheriff, you know, if your community is properly managed and your people are attentive, then you're going to know your FBI bureau chief, and there's going to be no reason to say the H word at all. It would never get that far if your local community people are actively governing themselves. Then that should never be anything but T. You're absolutely right. So, and, that, and in simplicity, that's that's what the sheriff's uh, NLA sheriff's campaign is. Mm-hmm. We within the state, obviously, we take care of our 15 sheriffs. Uh, we there are a series of of communications that we give to them. Uh, we supply them with these handbooks. We ask them if they want to, you know, pass them out to their deputies or other uh, people within their organization. We provide them with that as well. So. Uh, it's it's really just an uh, an educational step taken by the NLA. Good, good, good. Um, and um, this is a shot over the bow in parting. This is the last question. Besides how, besides how can people get a hold of you or read more about the organization? Um, but what does the National Liberty Alliance think about taxation without representation, federal income tax, the Sixteenth Amendment, and that sort of thing? I mean, that's a baited question. I think I already know the answer, but if you want to give me just a, a, a minute or two on a, an hour-long subject, please do. No problem. Uh, the, the NLA, as a group, has no official opinion on that. Ah. That's not our focus. Yeah. However, the people that make up the NLA, I would guess that we are 99.99% pure in, the, in uh, agreeing that taxation without representation needs to be eliminated. The 16th Amendment uh, is the only amendment to the Constitution that says I'm going to change something that was already said in the Constitution, but that thing didn't get changed. <laughs> I suspect, I will just say this, just just scatter shooting here, 
It looks to me forensically, at a blush, the 61st Congress, to be possibly an example of a derelict body. Exactly. Gotta say, it looks awfully suspicious. They, they're, uh, they, they completely aborted <laughs> their true mission in favor of uh, activating a revenue-producing, uh, you know, vote-buying, yeah. self-preservation bill. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's obvious. So, yeah. uh, well, I mean, and Congress has Congress has the power of the purse. It doesn't need to ride herd on the shiny badge wearing citizenry. Doesn't need that to in order to finance its activities. It doesn't. It's it, it you know, and it you know, I'm led to believe there was a gold standard at that time. There's not anymore. Certainly now, right. <laughs> the symbolic fiat currency. They don't need, you know, you know. So. Um, but I have additional news uh, coming out on that issue that that um, that I will be forthwith. Um, not today, but at some point soon, there will be additional news coming from my neck of the woods on that on, on taxation without representation in the federal income tax. Well, that taxation process, though, affords them an excellent opportunity to control the population. Exactly. You know, if you look at the intimidation factor of the IRS. Uh, just the mention of the IRS will cause people to do things that they obviously would not do otherwise. I mean, w we change, uh, you know, products and uh, food types, etc., based on potential IRS penalties. Mm -hmm. And so uh, they're not going to do away with it because it does contain so much of uh, potential in in uh, controlling the one of the most important forensic tools that I have access to is the United States dollar. Now it has a lot of different uses that I use it for cat food, you know, things like that. Uh, ingredients to make cookies with lawnmower blades. But forensically, I have to say um, it is, that's one of its uses. Um, but there, that then we're talking it's essentially we're, that I, I direct everyone back to the preceding hour-long conversation with respect to the ethics of that. I know we can leave it at that. What are some of the uh, uh, contact information website for National Liberty Alliance and, and, and that like? Well, uh, the easiest one and the first one I'll give you is, is the National Liberty Alliance itself. And its website, and I, I strongly urge everyone to go there, is simply National Liberty Alliance, all contiguous, dot org. So nationallibertyalliance.org will get you to the master webpage. Uh, from there, there's a, a plethora of information accessible to you. Uh, you can join the organization by volunteering to be uh, a potential juror or perhaps a uh, a court watcher, or a number of other ways that you can participate. Uh, locally, we have a, uh, a weekly call, a statewide call, and uh, if you'd like to join it, you're more than welcome. Uh, you would call 1-605-562-3140 and use a passcode 665-282-POUND. And that will, uh, you'll be warmly welcomed, and uh, you'll get some information there. We'll give you further contact information. We'll, we'll let you know how you can get one of these uh, 
common law handbooks or uh, uh, how to get in touch with the national organization and what we're doing here locally. By locally, I mean within the state. So uh, we urge everybody to, to visit the national website or join our call on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I mentioned that, but at 605-562-3140, and the passcode is 665-282-POUND. There you have it. And don't let anyone, regardless of where you are, whether it's nationallibertyalliance.org or anywhere else, bully you in a chat room. Um, and don't let administrators of chat rooms bully you. Often I have found historically you go in and somebody gives you a little grief and you respond uh, with a little bit, you know, peaceably. And then and then they're in cahoots with the administrator and you're blocked off and can't talk. So uh, as we all learn in modern age of communication, um, uh, you know, you're going to stand up for your rights digitally, even as well as you do. And in, in, at the down at the post office or wherever else, nationally, national liberty alliance dot org. Um, like to thank our Odele show guest today and I'm sure the listeners appreciate you Mr. Terry Rapp of National Liberty Alliance thank you for joining us um, I'd like yeah. uh, just I would urge everyone to to learn the truth because the truth will keep you free yep facts information is power thank you Mr. Rapp thank you